Welcome to the best of Real Talk. In this episode, we take a look at the Calgary Stampede sexual abuse scandal. More than 70 complainants listed on a class action lawsuit settled by the Stampede. But where's the outrage? Why do the big prominent voices in Calgary not seem to care about this, at least not enough to make a public statement? What does this mean for the greatest outdoor show on earth? It's almost fall. The kids are going to be headed back to school. Everybody's going to be getting back into their regular work routine after taking some time off through the summer. But not you, right? You've been thinking bigger than that. You know that summer is the best time to take that real estate course you've been thinking about and start a career that you actually love. Leave cubicle life behind for good with Rello. Rello's online real estate courses are fully accredited to help you get your real estate license in Alberta. And they've just added a commercial real estate course to their offerings with more courses coming soon. Get licensed the easy way with Rello's convenient, self-paced courses. Visit Rello.ca. That's R-E-L-O.ca today to get started. This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Well, love him or hate him, Stephen Carter says what he thinks. The former chief of staff for Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek talks to us just days after that settlement reached between the Calgary Stampede and those 70 complainants. I listened to your most recent episode of The Strategist. Is it fair for me to note that you, Corey, and Zane approached this subject matter? Uh, you, you spoke candidly. You did a great job, but you guys were treading more carefully than you do on a lot of other subject matter. Well, I mean, Zane is the president of the YMCA Board of Directors. Uh, Corey works for the University of Calgary. Yeah. Both of them are partners with the, the uh, Calgary Stampede. I'm far less encumbered. Um, I do not. I've been an out and out critic of the Calgary Stampede for years. Uh, You know, this is not an organization that we look to and say this is this is uh, this is the way that operations should be run. Um, We have, you know, we have all kinds of problems that the Stampede sweeps under the rug every single year. And this is the largest of them, the largest of them all. you know, you, it doesn't get bigger than sexual abuse allegations. It just doesn't. We, we can't have adults in authority abusing children in their care, period. I mean, I think everybody agrees with that. I think that that is 100%. Now, this is a conviction, too. So some of those complaints about the Lizzo thing, well, it's only an allegation. It's a, this is convicted. This is done. It's over. The Calgary Stampede was party to sexual abuse, period. They can't sue me on that. They can't come after me on that. But I'll tell you something. They can go after organizations, and they do. We call them the Stampede Mafia. They think that they're super important. They think that they're super connected. They think that they're super um, powerful. They tried to come after Jyoti Gondek in the last election. Jyoti Gondek said, no, this isn't good enough. We need to see more transparency. We need to understand the books more. You're getting all these grants. Where's the money going? They, 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 they basically pushed her aside and said, you can't talk about that. You're a member of the board. What? So Jyoti Gondek was a member of the board. Did she know about this? Why is no one asked? Right right now, Courtney Penner and Dan McLean are members of the board. What did they know? When did they know it? What can they say? What are they being gagged about? 
right? This is this is at Mayor Nenshi has been a member of this board, is no longer a member of this board, should be able to speak freely about this. Former Mayor Nenshi has not uttered one word about this, even though he served on the board of the Calgary Stampede and has been a close Stampede ally forever. This is inappropriate. It's un- it, it shouldn't be allowed in our society, but because it's the Calgary Stampede, we're all walking around like we're, you know, trying to get into heaven or something, mm-hmm. right? The Catholic Church for years was able to stamp down the abuse that occurred under their watch because they were the, literally the, the 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 holders of the keys to heaven, right? Literally. Yeah. What the hell is holding us back from criticizing the Calgary Stampede? Well, you tell me. Why can't that's, we stand that's up what and I wanted to that? ask you about. It's the Stampede Mafia, Ryan. Right. I mean, it is this group of, of volunteers, very dedicated volunteers that believe very strongly in who the city should be. I mean, can you imagine we've tied our city's brand, we've tied our city's brand. I mean, sure, you guys have the city of champions up there in Edmonton. Ridiculous. Not anymore. Not anymore. But, Not anymore. Well, it's still it's in my head. I can't help it. I think of you as a champion, kind of like the Special Olympics champions. Right. And, you know, uh, someone who's a little bit, you know, careful. Anyways, here we are. You know, one day you'll have a podcast like The Strategist. One day. I, I hope for you. You mean one that, the one that we do on a volunteer basis? I'm not interested. Oh, I get paid now, brother. I I heard, you, I heard you guys are selling. I, I, I've noticed ads on the podcast, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. we, we followed the Ryan Jesperson model of completely selling out. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy our merchandise on westofcenter.ca. Yeah, well, I'm about, right. to, I, I'm about to do an ad read where I'm going to promote the oil sands and then solar energy back to back. And so if you want to see me twist people up at all kinds of knots. No, you watch I'm good. It Here, let's get the point of the exercise on all of this is we should be able to criticize institutions that do wrong. We should be able to ask them what the hell they knew and when they knew it. We should be able to ask them to, to step outside of a simple legal uh, apology that has been uttered and created by their lawyers and ask their leaders what they knew and when they knew it and why they kept it a secret. We should be able to ask those questions. And right now, no one is asking them except Terry Tate, Gondek, McLean, Penner, Nenshi, Quiet on this matter where are the board chairs where are the where are the people who led this organization why aren't they speaking out where the hell is the premier of the province of alberta she i mean they the the, the provincial government has commented on it only to say that they're not pulling funding it's a premier festival which they're not wrong about um they've talked that they've introduced you know minister tanya fur to answer questions about it it's not like they're ignoring it they're just Nobody seems to be outraged. And I, I'm just sitting here going like I'm sitting here even after our show yesterday and, uh, you know, downloads on yesterday's show were average, you know, pretty good. They yeah. were average, but they weren't half a million. And I'm sitting there thinking like this is a 100 plus year old institution that has acknowledged negligence and culpability in a decades long sexual assault scandal in a class action lawsuit where 70 names are attached 70 victims survivors whatever word you want to ruse uh, use uh, 70 and if this was like any other organization uh, carter 25 years of, of abuse unchecked unpunished unre- I, 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 they're gone they're gone evaporated gone and it should be because if you're covering up abuse of children you don't deserve the right to operate period and defend it don't just walk away don't just fucking put your head in the sand come out here and defend it if you can't speak to if you're not able to to hold your head up and say this is wrong 
then I want you to fucking stand up and defend it because no one can. And you're all putting your tails between your legs and you're running away and it's not good enough. Good enough at all. Someone should be holding this Calgary Stampede to account. The fact that it's George Shahal and the fact that it's me and, and Carrie Tate who's done a great job with the Globe and Mail, that's not good enough. Where the fuck is everybody else, Ryan? People should listen. I, uh, show, I feel bad. That's okay. Uh, people should listen to the most recent uh, episode of The Strategist, where I think you and Corey and Zane do a good job of describing the strategy behind when the Stampede announced its settlement. It was right after the Stampede, certainly not yeah. right before. They didn't need that problem for themselves. They didn't need the problem for their sponsors, their partners, and their advertisers. So so 50 weeks from now, 49 weeks from now, Carter, when the city's getting ready for the next edition of the Calgary Stampede, is anything going to be different, or is it going to be business as usual? Nobody seems to have an appetite right now to really dig into this and press for actual public accountability. There's been more protests about the loss of a horse's life than there has been about about 70 children being abused. Yeah. Period. Well, I guess this goes over to the public then. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I was even like, you know, I was talking to somebody off air yesterday about Ron Leipert and I, and I said, Ron's actually a pretty funny guy in person. He, he can be a, he can be a really likable guy, uh, and, and, yeah. and, you know, but he plays an asshole on TV, right? Like his political career, he has played an asshole and he's been effective. No. Uh, but I was, he, he is that asshole with me, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he all the time for Stephen Carter. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. I think I'm charming. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, I get it. That's so weird that the two of you wouldn't get along in the same room uh but i but i would say and uh there, there are very few people carter that i can dance with like we dance with you where we're talking about deadly serious subject matter and joking at the same time maybe we're joking because it allows us to hit this head on and, and yeah. actually tackle the serious stuff but but I, I get the the political saber rattling i get the i get the hand grenades back and forth i get the posturing i get making stuff all about part i get the keywords invoking the name trudeau and how that plays in alberta but even for George Shahal to sit there and say that I think funding should be pulled until the stampede makes this right for a, for a rival politician, for Ron Leipert down in Calgary to describe it as grandstanding when the subject matter is an abuse scandal. And in my mind, uh, like George Shahal is on the right side of history on this one, whether or not you like his politics, whether or not you like the liberals or voted for Justin Trudeau. That's not the point to describe his pretty common sense approach to this as grandstanding, uh, invoking, by the way, a word very connected to the Calgary Stampede and the grandstand show, I thought was really, really weird. Well, I mean, this is everybody in Calgary falling behind and trying to protect the Calgary Stampede. This was known too, Ryan. I mean, children who were being told where to go to, to learn to sing. My daughter went up and did uh, musical theater, did all this. We, she didn't do the Stampede. Didn't go to the Young Canadians. One of the reasons, because people had whispers. There was always whispers. The Calgary Stampede had too many whispers and too many issues. And the only reason they've been allowed to continue is because not enough people have, have spoken out. Because Ron Leipert is ultimately uh, too weak to stand up and say this was wrong. I just don't understand the type of human being. I don't understand the type of person who, stand, who doesn't stand up and simply say when something is wrong, it's wrong. 
Let me ask you this, uh, and, and I'll note that your, your uh, colleagues, your co-hosts on The Strategist aren't here, so I guess in a way I'm asking you to speak for them, but, but not so much. But there is, there is one, th- and we'll get the three of you back, by the way, in the fall. We always love those episodes, um, even though, yeah, they, they uh, even really though audience, in, audience interest dips a little bit, but I really enjoy them. So, spikes your ratings. Yeah. You best, you were basically your best of Ryan Jesperson show right there. Yeah, that's right. You. That's right. Uh, there is a common theme through the, the most recent strategist pod talking about this that implies or even clearly states that this stampede board is not the stampede board that allowed this to happen for many years. Do you personally uh, have any conviction that this iteration of the Stampede Board with new faces, new members is different and and to a certain degree does not deserve or should not be held accountable in the same way as those that oversaw operations for the past 25 years should be? Yeah, I mean, this is a new leadership group. This this is not their responsibility insofar as they weren't there when this abuse was occurring. So I don't want to heap the, the responsibility of why didn't you stop this on this leadership group? What I want to add to this leadership group is why are you hiding behind a legal statement and saying, yes, we were there, you know, the the organization was there, didn't do anything, knew that it was happening and enabled it. Um, That's not good enough. What I want this leadership group to do is stand up, explain how it happened, explain the steps that they're taking to make sure that it will never happen again, uh, allow for some sort of reconciliation with the with the families that have been impacted and the individuals that have been impacted who will wear this for the rest of their lives. Um, this is, uh, I want to see an action plan from this level of, of leadership that, that, that moves them forward. They, you, very easily they could become the Catholic Church on this, where there's no action plan for, for reconciliation. Instead, it's just how quickly can we sweep it under the rug and how much is it going to cost us? Yeah. And I don't like sweeping things under the rug just to figure and figuring out how much they just cost us. That's just bullshit, bullshit leadership. Yeah, we don't know yet uh, what the settlement's going to look like. Uh, that'll be more determined uh, in September. Uh, court date coming up on September 25th. It's a story we'll continue to follow. Um, I, 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 I'm just happy to know I'm not alone on this one. Uh, that that I, I can <laughs> no, I feel the fire in your belly, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. watching this story over the past few days, going. Where is the outrage? Like, where? What? What am I missing about this story that would? absolutely implode any other organization across Canada. It's uh, it's blowing my mind. Which it, 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 it should. I mean, I don't want the stampede to disappear because of this. No, but I, I do want the stampede to be a better organization. And if we just wave it under the rug, they're no better than they were before. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is we, we talked about this yesterday, like even George Shahal, even he's sitting there and he, and he and he like goes through the spiel and I don't blame him for doing it because I do it all the time as well. Uh, you, you almost have to establish that, like, I'm not the enemy here. Right. Like you can yeah, hear him in my in my course. full interview with him. He's like, he's like, I'm a born and raised Calgary kid. I take my kids to the stampede. I've been to the rodeo. I like this. Like he has to say it right. It's like he's, he's not oh, some, yeah. you know, it's not some Trojan horse where he's coming in to try to collapse the greatest outdoor show on earth. But like with with no accountability i just think I, I think that the way that the public operates how much people love it the fact that there's still a full almost a full year between now and the next stampede quite frankly and i hate to put it this way it makes me sound cynical and it's it's a defeatist attitude but this is the realist in me i don't think anybody i'm not going to say nobody cares i can tell in our live chat right now people care i can tell based on the emails we got after yesterday's episode people care but generally speaking 
seems like people don't care. It's like an inconvenient truth for them. You know what I mean? It hits too close to home for a lot of people. Well, I mean, the, the, the stampede, you know, there, there's a lot of negative things about the stampede that don't get talked about, right? There's just simply a lot of things. And um, they don't do much to address it because there's, it's not talked about. I mean, you know, it, it's a dangerous place sometimes. They don't talk about that. It, it's dangerous for, for animals. They don't talk about that. It was dangerous for children and the young Canadians, and they don't talk about that. And, you know, someone's got to hold them to account at some point. Please. Please hold them to account. If you're a decision maker for a business, big or small, or maybe for a municipality, you know the value, the importance of keeping your eye on your bottom line. Local Environmental Services understands that too. And their customers in Edmonton and Whitecourt and Regina and area understand that they're about so much more than just garbage. They believe that communities deserve better. Learn more about your full service environmental solutions partner, local, by visiting localenvironmental.ca. My wife Carrie and I are getting even closer to unveiling the finished product. Our journey with Eden Landscaping has been such an exciting one, one that we dreamed of for a long time. Going through that planning process with Mike and his team has been a total delight and I was thrilled to see them work within our budget. We're just like any other family there. We had a vision and they have brought it through to completion. They have brought our backyard to life and they can do the same for you. Learn more about Eden Landscaping today at landscapeedmonton.ca. It doesn't matter if you're looking to show up at a birthday or an anniversary, some sort of other party, or heck, maybe it's just a regular day that could use a little touch of something special. No matter the occasion, enjoy layers of celebration with a DQ cake. A DQ cake from the Dairy Queens in Northwest Edmonton or Sherwood Park makes any occasion a happy occasion. You can visit them at Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, or along Baseline Road. Pick up a cake from one of their freezers or order one custom from the Dairy Queens in Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Danielle Aubrey has been working with survivors of sexual assault for decades. She joins us from her office in Calgary to talk about scandal at the city's biggest institution. You know, I remember this story uh, back in the mid 2000s. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that that for a number of years we had heard sort of snippets of that from people that were starting to come out. And so, you know, I think the disturbing thing, Ryan, is that, uh, you know, this kind of scenario is not unique. It's not unusual in a sense when you look at sort of how sexual violence happens, uh, particularly child sexual abuse. So, um, you know, in terms of we know that people who choose to uh, perpetrate perpetrate these kind of crimes often have many, many victims, you know, so uh, because that's what they want to do. And that's what they create scenarios where they have access to children. uh, They have access to situations where the children are either vulnerable or uh, vulnerable to their power and control. uh, And, you know, this is how we see it happen. 
Uh, we're talking uh, the individual here uh, who was sentenced back in 2018, about five years ago, to 10 years in prison is Philip Hirama, uh, who had uh, been serving in a role, a leadership role uh, with the young Canadians. Um, the sentencing relating to sexually exploitative acts uh, relating to six members of the young Canadians, that performing arts uh, group, uh, he had been convicted for incidents that took place for more than two decades between 1992 and 2014, uh, it's believed that the first report of an alleged assault was filed uh, by a young person back in 1988. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. this is far from the first time that an organization has been uh, embroiled in a situation like this. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I think back to 1988, that's when I started, you know, starting my career in this field. And uh you know talking to children about this issue was i you know i think we had one of the first uh you know the the former agency the calgary sexual assault center before casa came around um was was just creating um a program called who do you tell for children um and you know you talk about controversy and, and discomfort uh of people but uh, you know our school systems in calgary sort of embraced that program um uh, but it was you know, it, it was not something that people did. Uh, you know, no one talked about this issue. Uh, you know, people held up the carpet so it could be swept under, you know, faster than you could blink an eye. Um, and it's quite remarkable to me that uh, these individuals back then were, uh, you know, found the, the strength within themselves, particularly probably as children or adolescents, to actually disclose. And it hurts my heart to think of, you know, the type of responses that they did or didn't get more like, you know, that they didn't get. Um, and, you know, we know the result of that can be devastating, uh, further de devastating than, than the abuse. This lawsuit, um, as mentioned, alleged that one of the victims here who was just 16 years old at the time had approached a grandstand show executive back in 1988 and reported being abused by Hiram. And according to this young person's testimony, they claim to have been told uh, that their allegations could have serious consequences. Um, and, and he said later the, that he did not pursue the matter over fear that he may have been removed from the young Canadians group. I would yeah. love your insight on that. Well, you know, the, the, the young Canadians group is the same as you know, can be compared to a hockey team, to, um, you know, any kind of uh, high pressure situation that kids might be involved in, um, where they have, a, the, you know, the young Canadians, I had a friend when I was a kid that was in it, and you talk about high pressure. Um, and so I think the important thing to know in, in this is that in many of these situations, uh, it, you know, th these kind of crimes happen between people that are known to each other. So there's, it's an interpersonal crime. And with that comes all the dynamics, not, not just in the relationship, but like you said, what's the context? What's the, the pressure here? What's, um, you know, kids, children and youth know what kind of um, repercussions they know that you know for example if a, if a child talks about something that's happening in the, in the family they know that it could blow the family apart if they tell right and so um you know this is the kind of message that this 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 young man got was if you tell this is gonna you know 
you're going to be responsible for, you know, bringing bad media to us, um, you know, hurting someone that, uh, you know, that is such a leader in, in the young Canadians, you know, that the needs of, of the survivor at that point are typically the very last to be even considered. And, and in fact, they're probably not considered. So, you know, this is, we, we've seen this, like I said, uh, in sports, in theater and uh, so many you know, families, you know, in institutions, you know, how many times have we heard, you know, you don't want to ruin that person's life and that reputation, right? And so where are the needs of that person? They're, they're not even, you know, what about their lives? Yeah, I mean, and even just the gaslighting element to it, that that factor, whether it's intentional or otherwise, are you sure this happened? Are you sure that you experienced or, you know, that it happened in the way that you claim to have experienced? How sure are you? Right. Yeah. And and that's what, you know, most children and youth that experience sexual violence, experience post-traumatic trauma and then post-traumatic stress. And so. Um, you know, that kind of gaslighting just adds to that trauma because you begin to self-doubt, um, you know, and you replace sort of the the feeling, your own feelings with, um, you know, the need to protect and doubt yourself and make sure you got it right um, and that no one's mad at you. Um, CTV News is uh, reporting that more than 70 individuals are involved in this class action lawsuit, and that ranges from those who alleged to have been uh, lured, photographed, uh, assaulted, uh, abused. Um, This is obviously uh, something that's occurred uh, or alleged to have occurred over 30 years. To be honest with you, it kind of reminds me in a sense, and I hope I'm not stretching too far here, but I wanted to talk to you about this. It, it reminds me of, of allegations and convictions uh, that have plagued the Catholic Church over the past number of years, in particular because of the hallowed reputation that the Calgary Stampede has in the city of Calgary. I mean, this is the brand in the city of Calgary. The Stampede brand is bigger than the Flames. It's bigger than anything else that comes out of Calgary. And for a lot of people, whether you're talking uh, uh, about controversy around the rodeo, whether you're talking about, you know, horses being euthanized in chuck wagon races, whether you're talking about this, uh, the scandal involving the young Canadians, a lot of people feel like it's an attack on them because it's an attack on the Calgary Stampede. Same goes with the Catholic Church. Can we get into it? Oh, sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Again, you have hit on like one of the key dynamics that exists that that keeps this issue silent. Um, You know, and and I think that our biggest challenge as a society is to be able to hold space for all of those different types of realities. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I... You know, while I was raised in Edmonton, but uh, or born in Edmonton, raised in Calgary, um, I mean, I know what the stampede means to this city. Um, and yeah, you can hold on to that. You can keep that. But but that doesn't that cannot push away the other realities that might exist in, in an institution as large as that. Um, and I think it's the same for the Catholic Church, um, you know, uh, we're not attacking the religion when we talk about sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. We're talking about an ugly, ugly reality that has been allowed to exist um, and, uh, you know, has been, there have been many, many people and part of the structures that have been complicit in allowing this to happen. Um, 
And, you know, what we've seen in that is, you know, the priest gets transferred over to, you know, a rural area <clears throat> from a big city. Um, and, you know, that that's the amount, that's the only thing that ever happens to them. So they continue their abusive ways. Um, so, yes, it's, um, you know, I think people have to get over it. People have to uh, prioritize the needs of survivors and, and have a reality check that, you know, there's over one point. 4 million Albertans that have experienced sexual violence in their lifetimes. And, you know, uh, let's stop uh, pretending that these types of um, realities that come out are going to ruin an institution like that. You said you know, 1.4 million Albertans. That's like off the top of my head. That's approximately one in three. Yes, it is. And this came from a provincial study that that our provincial association, the Association of Alberta Sexual Assault Centers did um, that was released in 2020. Uh, so it was a, a replicated study from a national study back in 1984. And we wanted current numbers. We couldn't do a national study. So we did one in Alberta. And that, those are the kinds of numbers. And it's both boys and girls that are impacted by this. Um, and throughout all of their ages. But we do know that children and youth are the most vulnerable to sexual violence. Um, and so, you know, let, let's stop thinking that we have to put our children's safety with the reputation of the church or the Calgary Stampede. We don't have to choose between that. Um, you know, the Stampede is going to survive uh, regardless of, well, we've seen it. They've still, they, like you said, they've had their most successful year. Um, and these allegations aren't new, right? So they've been known. Um, so yes, you know, the Stampede needs to do what they're starting to do now, take accountability. But these types of interventions need to happen at every level of the organization. We can't just focus on providing services for kids like the young Canadians. This has to be a structural institutional change at every level of the organization that we're talking to Danielle Aubrey. She's the uh, CEO of Calgary communities against sexual abuse. I want to talk to you about the stampedes response to this, um, you know, the, and, and to give people again, a, a refresher on the timeline here. It, it's, it's reported. It's believed that uh, the first report was, was received uh, that was reported a young person at that time in 1988, an investigation was launched in 2012. Um, the accused was sentenced uh, uh, in 2018, and the reason why we're talking about it this week, a settlement was announced uh, on Wednesday, a week ago tomorrow, uh, between the Calgary Exhibition and Stampede, the Calgary Stampede Foundation, and a number of members of the Young Canadians. Uh, the Stampede has released a statement um, after originally denying any wrongdoing. They've now agreed to pay 100% of liability damages. But punitive damages have not been agreed on. And there's another court date scheduled for the end of September. Uh, the Stampede said it, quotes, take full responsibility in the hopes of helping victims to heal. The statement says we can't change the events of the past, but we are deeply sorry for how the victims have been affected. It goes on to say our commitment to those impacted is to do everything possible to guard against anything similar ever happening again. And we've taken meaningful steps to enhance the safety and wellness of our youth participants. Does it pass the test? Um. I, I mean, my per, my professional and personal opinion, well, more my professional opinion is that it's a it's a it's a small start. Um, I, I really think that um, uh, that a statement is a statement. I think that if I if I had been sort of 
planning this kind of announcement, I would have had people, people standing up. You know, the, the Calgary Stampede has a very large board. They have executive members. Um, I just, I feel like, uh, you know, having some people standing and uh, making the statement uh, would have been more impactful. Um, I think it, it connects actually people to the organization. Um, but I have to say that in my many, many years of doing this, uh, there are very, very few people and organizations that actually come out and, you know, take accountability. You know, you see a lot of dodging, a lot of language around, you know, we're very sorry that you feel that way or, um, you know, so I, I do have to give them some credit for that, that, um, you know, that it's a really important piece uh, for people. But my goodness, the, the work uh, is definitely uh, only beginning, I think, for the Stampede. Um, and I hope that they continue to do the right thing and not just focus on programs for the children, but you know, make it an institutional uh, interventions and changes that, that, uh, if this becomes an organization where one of the first things you think about when you think of the Cal Calgary Stampede is how courageous they were to actually institute significant change within their organization and that any kind of abuse or bullying in any of those environments are not acceptable, including um, those types of things happening on the Stampede grounds. Um, and I can talk about a little bit about that, Ryan, at some point well, let's around talk about, one of the initiatives. Yeah, let's talk about that right now. Are you talking okay, about so, the, are you talking about the state of the art, the, the, the performing arts studio, the glass walls, all that kind of stuff? No, what I'm talking about is a, a program that we uh, deliver with um, a, a domestic violence agency in Calgary called SAGES uh, at the Calgary Folk Festival. And what it is, it's called Safer Spaces. And we just had our folk festival. And what they did is they actually had a tent um, at the folk festival where people could come if they had experienced, you know, some sexual harassment or harassment of some kind or are feeling, you know, any kind of situation like that that we know happens at festivals <laughs> you know when you get a lot of people together um and some people don't have appropriate boundaries or some people are perpetrators and so it really again it, it on the grounds it it gives the message to people that are attending that festival that you have a you have a safe place to go if something happens um and so we would like to you know we've had very initial conversations with the stampede about doing that. Um, so really, I think, again, for an institution like that, you're looking at the pro, you know, the youth programming, the policy level, the training on staff for staff, what happens on the stampede grounds? What are the messages? Um, I don't think that people understand that uh, the mere message of, you know, actually saying this is not acceptable to us as an organization, we will not tolerate it. Um, you know, I know that sounds, and th those are very simplest, simplistic things, but they're also a beginning to, to really, I mean, I, I remember the day when there was no signs in AHS faci facilities that said, you know, abuse will not be tolerated. Mm. I think that that has, an, that has had an, an impact within that organization that gives people messages that you cannot abuse our, abuse our staff, just as an example. Hmm. 
I, I should mention some of the, the commitments that the Calgary Stampede has announced in response to this. They, th- they say they've implemented a comprehensive system of policies and procedures. I know that the general public rolls their eyes at stuff like that, but that does not mean it's insignificant uh, to ensure safe programs and environments. They say protected disclosure, duty of care and investigation procedures, uh, a commitment to a culture of transparency and disclosure where youth are encouraged to come forward with concerns establishing an environment where they feel comfortable and safe to do so maybe easier said than done i'd love your insight on that uh danielle and and this is what i was referencing as well they say state-of-the-art security measures in the performing arts studio including video surveillance electronically controlled access points and see-through glass doors in all rooms and offices which that seems strange to me I don't know. You know, your child may be in a room with a predator, but don't worry. It's glass doors and there's video cameras. So we'll be able to see if something goes wrong. I don't know. That last one, that that last one seems a little bit weird. Uh, (laughs) But but maybe your thoughts, you have, you know, 35 years of experience here. Is is it uh, I don't know if I use the word adequate, but is it appropriate? I mean, I think to address that, I mean, those are things that they call, I think, target harden, hardening, and the police do it quite often, you know, well, um, or a lot of not just the police, but, you know, they'll look at sort of the physical environment, you know, how can we, uh, you know, let's cut these shrubs down so that, you know, there there's a sight line to, you know, the, the LRT station or whatever. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's a very, very tiny piece because, you know, let's remember that, um, the individuals that are perpetrating these kind of crimes are very good at what they do. Um, and they typically uh, create environments where they are going to be alone with the child somehow. So, um, you know, again, maybe it's a message that, you know, we're watching you and you can't do this out in the open. But the reality is, is that doesn't typically happen in those kind of environments. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah, it is a, it, it's a it's a bit different, um, but I think again, let's not put, t- put too much weight into it as far as how effective it is. Um, and you know, to go back to you to the idea about policy development, and um, you know, again, I think that what I have seen is that there are many of the companies or institutions that you know will hire an HR company or. Uh, you know, a law firm to to do a policy for them. Uh, you know, obviously I'm biased, but uh, I really believe that uh, when these organizations do that, that they should be asking their local sexual assault centers to re- help review those policies. I reviewed many policies before, um, and you know, some of them are solid, but the reality is they they're not a trauma informed, and they're not sexual violence trauma informed. So. Um, you know, uh, I, I think when we talk about redirecting funds, um, you know, I would like to see the encouragement of these organizations or possibly a mandate to actually work with organizations like Sexual Assault Services. Um, we have tremendous expertise. Um, we we are very solution oriented, um, you know, because that's we believe that that's how you're going to make change. Um, you know, we want to empower people and organizations to to actually um, do the right things and do things that are actually going to be effective um, to deter people and also to encourage people to come forward. 
have, have you reached out to the Calgary Stampede? Has the Calgary Stampede reached out to your organization? Is this something I would imagine you would be keen to, to participate in this and to provide expertise? Absolutely. I mean, we did, we've been in touch with them for about a year and a half. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, to talk about some different um different ways of working together. I think part of it was first reaching out to talk about the safer space idea. Um, uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, we've engaged in these conversations and I, I hope that the, the stampede continues to honor the relationship that we've started with them. Um, and because as I said, I, I do think that they have an opportunity uh, to provide a, a new level of leadership um, for big systems and companies um, and showing how you can actually make change. But boy, that is going to take a lot of will on the part of the board and the senior leaders in that organization. Um, and, uh, and, you know, as I said, I, I think that sexual assault services, us in Calgary, are the best ones to help shepherd that and support them um, to 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 do to make these kinds of changes. Um, you, you know, we, we call the show Real Talk because we like to hit stuff head on. And so I want to acknowledge I'm, I, I oftentimes hesitate to amplify trolls messages, but we've got one in our live chat right now. And, and I sense an opportunity to pounce. Um, you know, there's somebody in our live chat right now that, that opened with Pierre Poliev for prime minister. Um, I'm not sure that the leader of the official opposition is going to appreciate their subsequent messages because association politically is not what you're looking for here. But this troll goes on to say, stop grooming our children in schools. No more drag story time in schools. And this, this is something that's been heavily politicized and talked about. And I'm not afraid to talk about it here. I would like to point out that this is not a drag queen uh, that was convinced. <laughs> and sentenced to 10 years in prison for grooming and sexually assaulting young boys and the young Canadians. It was not a drag queen that was the pastor at Mississauga Pentecostal that was just uh, convicted of assault. It was not a drag queen in Grand Island, the pastor that now faces sexual assault charges. It was not a drag queen in New Westminster or Metro Vancouver that was the pastor that is now charged with sexual offenses. It was not a drag queen that was in Little Rock, Arkansas, that is alleged to have sexually assaulted a 17-year-old at Second Baptist Church. It was not a drag queen that is the 74-year-old shooter Schwab pastor who sexually assaulted a 16 year old girl that was just sentenced in May. That's just the first page of my Google search for pastor sexual assault. Now, I could rattle these off for the next 10 minutes of who is not a drag queen reading storybooks, but I think I've made my point and I think that I've made it clear. I'd love your comment on that. This has become a highly polarized and highly politicized situation. These drag queen story times. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, uh, the the comment is, is just significantly, significantly uninformed about child sexual abuse and how it happens, who commits it. Um, you know, when I first started my career, uh, the gay community was was um, already being um, blamed for child sexual abuse, you know. And so it's it's ugly to me that that and, and not that the drag community is the same as the gay community, but they are two different um, uh, communities in our in our society. Uh, but people people have their own reasons for wanting to scapegoat a population. But you're absolutely right, Ryan. These are not. Um, 
these are these are people in our communities, in our structures, in our families, um, in our schools, uh, in our hockey rig, like everywhere, right? And so I think that people often want to simplify this issue because it's so interpersonal and because it impacts families very deeply, um, and they want to scapegoat because of their own biases and ignorances. Um, a population that uh, has nothing to do, you know, is there a Dre queen that might be a, um, a sex offender? Probably somewhere. Yeah. Um, just like there's people mainly that are not Dre queens, like you said. Um, so I think that we have to come at this with uh, reality and education and talking to people like us, um, people like survivors. We do this work day in, day out. We know who, uh, who the people are that that are perpetrating this, um, and it's it's I think more comforting to be able to scapegoat a community or uh, a group of some sort to say that oh they're the ones that are doing it, um, and that's just not the case. I know it makes maybe people feel better, uh, but you know because we want to be able to say oh you know my kids are protected because we're not we don't hang around this community. Um, well, that's that's ignorant um, and it's risky. Yeah, you're putting people and children at risk by having those kinds of beliefs. You know, I, I, we're going to be talking to Member of Parliament George Chahal next, former Calgary City Councilor, and, and he suggested he'd like to see his government, the Liberal government, pull federal funding um, for the Stampede. We're going to talk to him about that. I, I had somebody fire back at me yesterday when, when when they had heard about MP Chahal's suggestion. They said, "Oh yeah, the guy that was accused of mailbox tampering during the election, <laughs> one you know, has no credibility here." I'm sitting there thinking, like, that's your number one thing. It, it, yeah. It's it's not the more than 70 young people connected to this class action lawsuit. It, it's not the cover up of abuse that is alleged to have occurred over more than 27 years. But it's the fact that somebody's political opponent has something to say about it, that they're going to jump to the defense of whatever the opposite position is. I don't think it's a productive position. And that's about the nicest thing I can say about it. I think you said uninformed, which is about the most gentle way to put it. Let me ask you that in closing funding. George Chahal, Calgary MP, puts his neck out there, says they should pull federal funding. We're going to ask him about blowback that he's received. Meantime, Alberta's premier and ministers, including Tanya Furr, have said they're not going to pull provincial funding. They say that it's Alberta's premier festival, which is true. And obviously, there are a lot of levers being pulled behind the scenes. I think most people recognize that. What do you think in that context? Is that an appropriate response? Would it be an appropriate response from the federal government? I don't, I think it would be, uh, I don't know how much money they get. So I think that depending on how much it is, um, either all of it or a portion of it uh, should be scrutinized. Um, And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, having expectations, much like they did with Hockey Canada, um, but maybe a little bit stronger um, than with Hockey Canada. And again, um, you know, working with, professionals like sexual assault services that that know how to you know uh know how to work with this and create some goals around that that funding maybe some of it's redirected to uh, hiring um you know sexual assault centers to to work internally with the organization um what i can say about the provincial government um you know what we do see is is a commitment from the ucp government in the last election 
for sexual assault centers to get to have $10 million over four years. We don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but my hope is that they they are true to that that commitment because, you know, if they're not going to cut the funding to the stampede, then make sure that you fund sexual assault services. Everybody's talking about the cost of living these days, and we know one of the biggest expenditures for families is groceries. Friesen Brothers has their flyer, the Family Essentials flyer, ready for you to check out right now at Friesen.com. Friesen Brothers, family-owned, understands what it's like. You want to put great food on the family dinner table, but you're watching your bottom line too. Check out Easy Family Meal Solutions right now. The Family Essentials flyers at Friesen.com. Do you want to be part of Canada's green movement? Do you want to be part of the move toward net zero? Kubi Renewable Energy is Western Canada's busiest solar installer. And right now, they're hiring. They're looking for those with tickets and they're looking for apprentices too. Kubi Energy is young, they're growing, and they're reshaping the energy portfolio in Canada. You can check out some badass projects that they've been working on and apply to work there by visiting kubienergy.ca. Tens of thousands of Canadians trust Athabasca University with their post-secondary experience. Why? Well, in part because of its accessibility, its convenience. AU has world-class accredited online programs and courses that offer you the flexibility to learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle. You know what else is pretty great? Nearly 90% of Athabasca U graduates say they're in a job related to their field of study. You don't get that at every university, but it's just one of the reasons why you should check out AthabascaU.ca. George Chahal found himself on a bit of an island, uh, not only just as one of the very few liberal MPs in Alberta, but also as the only one prominently calling for the federal government to pull its funding of the Calgary Stampede. This after shocking allegations and then a settlement was announced relating to a decades-long cover-up involving the young Canadians. Well, I've heard stories of uh, what's happened here for a number of years, but uh, last week uh, when the news broke, um, this really impacted me. And I want to first of all say that, um, you know, I stand with the victims um they've you know they have a lot of courage for to coming forward and fighting this fight uh, over a number of years uh, this is over two decades of abuse that occurred and over 70 victims how they've been traumatized how their lives have been impacted uh, as a father of three girls i send my kids to uh, performance dance uh, to sports and as a parent, our biggest fear is the safety of our children. And I know so many Calgarians and Canadians feel the same way. And when I saw this, um, you know, it came to me that the Stampede, which is a very large organization, um, every year we have a great uh, festival here in Calgary. But over two decades, how could this have been covered up? And how did the public not know? How were these victims prevented from getting justice and there's a responsibility 
and accountability for the stampede and the board that they have to accept and acknowledge and justice needs to be served. Uh, so these victims have an opportunity for reconciliation moving forward. So you've suggested that the federal government should should pull its funding for the Calgary Stampede. Do you happen to know off the top of your head approximately what the annual contribution is from Ottawa to Calgary on this? Well, what I've asked for is for us to look at halting future funding. I mean, we've funded the Stampede over a number of years. And recently last year, I did an announcement at Stampede uh, for restarting some of their events. Uh, there's a number of different funding mechanisms that previously have been provided through infrastructure funding, through uh, job support funding. And so what I'm asking for was a halt. So we can, can have transparency. This organization can be responsible and take accountability to ensure that our children are protected, but also on why it took so long for this board and this organization to accept responsibility to support these victims, over 70 victims. Uh, we know there are 70 victims, and there may be more that were also um, impacted as well. And so what I'm asking for is a halt, but this is for all organizations. Uh, we've seen uh, so many organizations across the country. We saw uh, Hockey Canada recently, and uh, there's the gymnastics organizations that, that had significant challenges. So as we provide funding as the federal government or any order of government, we may need to make sure that these organizations are doing everything they can to protect the children and youth, the volunteers and employees within their organizations. Uh Talk to me about the I mean, the brand and the power of the brand, the institution. Everybody in Calgary knows who Guy Wiedek is. Everybody has, you know, for, for the most part, their own stampede memories. Uh, people will jump to the including me, George. I've jumped to the defense of the Calgary stampede chuck wagons. You know, when, when horses are euthanized, people call for the event to be shut down. You know, the stamp. I'm not trying to drag different issues into the mix here, but, you know, we're having a conversation. This is how mm -hmm. it goes. I mean, a horse was euthanized following a chuck wagon race this summer and that's after changes were made to, to make the sport more safe uh for, for the horses that are involved there you, you talk to chuck wagon drivers you talk to people associated with the sport and, and and you can tell they love the horses you talk to the backers of the events of the rodeo you can tell that they care about the animals but there, there's this constant uh, kerfuffle there's this constant sort of you know i don't know what i want to call it but, but this this disagreement that plagues the stampede the point that i'm making is that the defenders of the stampede those that will attend the millions of people that will attend the calgary stampede will find a way to to justify it they'll find Find a way to protect the brand because the brand is incredibly important to and beloved by the city. So when a prominent person like you suggests that funding should be pulled, we should note that the feds don't support the stampede every single year. Uh, although over the course of COVID, Ottawa did send about $14 million to the stampede. So it's not chump change. I would imagine that there's blowback. Uh, what are some of the messages that you've received or what has been some of the response that you've experienced uh, since you made your statement earlier this week? Yeah, first of all, I'm a born and raised Calgarian. I spent so many years at the Stampede, going to the Stampede, going to the rodeo as a child and as an adult. And I've taken my kids there as well. It's it's a big festival in our city that, um, you know, really represents our Western Canadian heritage. But you know, this organization is very powerful 
I'm in the Calgary contest. It, it does provide a lot of economic benefits throughout the city, but that does, should not take away for the responsibilities that the organization has in ensuring the protection of its employees and the children and youth that work there, that perform there. And so for me, um, you know, I've had so many folks uh, over the years that I've had to interact with, but, you know, since I've come forward to support the victims and to highlight this, I mean, there's been uh, a lot of support from the community. Um, folks who also enjoy the stampede and are supportive of the festival, but are really concerned with this behavior or the cover-up that ha- has occurred over two decades and the lack of responsibility or the, um, the their ability from their board and organization to take responsibility and accountability uh, with this specific issue, which is a horrific crime um, where these 70 victims were victimized. Um, but how did this get covered up? How did this, you know, what, how was this swept under the rug and how were uh, these victims prevented the justice they, they deserve? Uh, that's for me what I've heard, but I've also, there's been a lot of hate that's been brought forward as well. Um, I can tell you, um, you know, I've had support from a lot of folks walking the streets and saying, you know what, it's good that you've highlighted this, but we've had a lot of hate sent our way through social media and a lot of that hate is also uh, promoted by politicians south of the border, uh, Ron DeSantis um, and others and Fox News um, and the pipeline of hate that's been brought forward through that pipeline into Canada through uh, Jordan Peterson or rebel uh, rebel media promoting hate against you know the LGBTQ community um, towards racialized communities. I've seen a significant number of that, those messages pop up on my um, social media feeds targeting me, but targeting those communities as well. And it's disgusting. I mean, we don't have to look to Florida's governor uh, for a political reference on on this one. Ron Liepert is uh, a Calgary member of parliament, a conservative MP, obviously has has had a career in provincial politics as well. Um, he responded to the Canadian press. I'm referencing their reporting here. And, and he said that you're grandstanding. Uh, he says, quote, uh, Mr. Chahal knows how unpopular the Trudeau liberals are in Alberta. He can't defend their record. So he's looking for other issues to try and change the channel. End quote. He said uh, that he has no evidence that the Stampede Board has lost the public trust. How would you respond to that? Well, I'd say he's grandstanding. Um, I did not bring politics forward in. Um, I'm standing up for the victims. I'm standing up for the children and youth in our community that were abused. So it's unfortunate that uh, an, an elected official would call that grandstanding. Um, I think they need to reflect on, and all of us should be standing forward at all levels of government, supporting transparency and accountability, but standing up for the victims. These children and youth that were abused over two decades and how this was covered up. So what I would like is answers and I would like him and others uh, to stand up and say why they don't want accountability and transparency of this organization and all the other organizations that government provides funding to. We have to ensure that our taxpayers' dollars are sent to organizations that are doing everything they can to protect our communities, to protect the children, the youth, the employees that work within those organizations.
Uh, Alberta's premier says that the the province, which gives about six million dollars annually to the stampede, uh, will not pull its funding. But Premier Smith says she will check with the stampede's uh, Young Canadian School of Performing Arts on current protocols. Uh, and they've got Minister Tanya Fur on the file. Calgary's mayor, uh, Jody Gondek, says that it's a, quote, tragedy that the board didn't act on the issue when it learned of it. She says, I'm happy that accountability has been accepted by the Calgary stampede. To this point, you're the only Alberta politician that has called for funding to be pulled, for financial support to be pulled. Are you surprised by that? I am surprised that other elected officials uh, don't want to uh, ensure that transparency uh, is brought forward within the public eye. You know, that's surprising. I think um, what we're asking for is a halt to funding to ensure that this organization has taken the responsibility and accountability. moving forward that we and other organizations across Canada, it's just not the Calgary Stampede and their board of directors for, you know, the lack of responsiveness to this issue over two decades. It's every organization across this country that governments fund, uh, every order of government funds need to be held accountable, need to be transparent. And we need to make sure that happens. So we're protecting Uh, everybody who works or volunteers within these organizations. I mean, I think about the 70 victims, you know, how they feel, how they've been traumatized and the impact of their lives. I mean, for government to step up and to support them, for elected officials in the province of Alberta, locally, provincially, to say, yeah, let's take a look at what happened here and why this happened and how we can prevent this from ever happening again. That's where my focus is, and I hope... Uh, you know, the elected officials at the provincial government um, and municipally really think about that and make sure that we have the right uh, safety protocols and mechanisms in place to make sure this never, ever happens again to anybody uh, in our communities. Those children, those youth uh, who have been traumatized and impacted for life. And obviously, you know, I mean, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to see what position the federal government does take on this. Uh, it's not just this. I mean, we, you know, we talked on Friday, we had a, a couple of marketing and branding experts on. Uh, we we're talking about rebrands and corporate reinventions and Hockey Canada came up and that, that was another one. I mean, these are two pretty high profile situations involving, again, beloved institutions. These are beloved brands, Hockey Canada and the Calgary Stampede. And both of them right now are grappling with something very, very serious, to say the very least. Yes, and I'm a, I support, I mean, I'm a big hockey fan. I grew up playing ball hockey, ice hockey. Um, I have my jerseys at home. I wear my, you know, I wear my hockey jerseys loud and proud, and I wear my Canadian uh, women's soccer jersey loud and proud. And so, you know, we all have uh, want to support our Canadian institutions, what we love in our country, but these organizations do have to be better. And that's why I've, I, I'm going to advocate to my colleagues for a halt to make sure this review happens, to make sure this organization has done the work and, you know, really rolled up the sleeves, uh, put the work in this board to be fully transparent, but to provide justice for the victims and make sure that reconciliation occurs. We're seeing more and more stories of fires and floods in the news. And of course, every one of those stories has tough implications. Canadians are going to be trying to get their lives back. And for a lot of Canadians, that means a restoration project at home or at work. Don't trust a big project like that to just anybody. 
Complete Care Restoration has a team of experienced and certified professionals working in fire and flood damage, mold and asbestos removal, plus other construction and renovation projects. We've worked with them and they've earned two thumbs up. You can find them online at completecarerestoration.ca. Calling all professional engineers or those soon to get their PNG anywhere in Canada or even beyond. The team at Apex Automation wants to talk to you. They're hiring skilled engineers and technicians that are keen on joining the move toward automation that want to be part of industry 4.0. Whether you're an electrical or instrumentation engineer, computer science or process engineer, mechanical engineer, electrician, instrument technician, you get the idea. There's a place for you if you want to realize your true career potential at apexautomation.ca. Thanks for checking out the best of Real Talk. If you liked what you saw or heard here, make sure to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to check out our merch or how you can become a Real Talk patron, check out our website, ryanjesperson.com, and catch fresh episodes of Real Talk weekdays at 8.30 Mountain Time. <laughs>